Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. Well, hello, everybody. Let me go ahead and say welcome to those watching at Buchanan and online. We are so thankful that you decided to worship with us. And everybody in the room, good morning and Merry Christmas. Last week, we started this new series called Simply Christmas, where Pastor Brady began to talk about recapturing belief. And then the worship team just now just led us and kind of sang over us this beautiful picture of what Christmas is. It's this Savior stepping out of glory and coming to this earth and the heaven having an intersection with earth. And that intersection changed everything. And as we've been thinking about Christmas, and I've been thinking about Jesus coming to earth, I was thinking about last week's sermon about recapturing belief, but also when I think about Christmas, everybody, I think about Hallmark movies. (laughs) Now, some of you in the room are judging me, and I just want you to know, I don't care. Now, you might wonder, Nick, how bad is this dysfunction? So Hallmark has this app where it will show you all the Christmas movies, and then they can put the Christmas movies in your calendar. I'm that guy. There's also a checklist, and now it's a competition. So now it's like, which movies have I watched? Yes. So the other week, I was watching a Hallmark movie, and there was this movie called Right Before Christmas. Oh, that just sounds amazing, right? And you're like wondering what the movie could possibly be about. Is it going to be about these two people who fall in love but have some obstacles to overcome, but at the end, everything's going to be okay? Yes, it was about that. (laughs) But the thing about this movie, Hallmark is getting really, really, really smart at their marketing. And so it was so subtle. So what this young lady was doing is she was writing Christmas cards to all the people in her life that have influenced her. And you wouldn't believe what kind of cards she was using to write people. The new Hallmark 3D amazing cards. And so me, I'm like, that's not going to work on me. Then I found myself in Hallmark. And I just wanted to see if they were as cool as they appeared on television, and y'all, let me just tell you something. Praise the lamb. So here's one of the cards, okay? Look at it. It pops up. It's 3D. And you go, man, that's already cool. But wait for it. Wait for it. Just a moment of silence, y'all. Just, just behold. Y'all, I was in the Hallmark like a little kid. I was pushing all the buttons. I was that knowing guy like, oh, look, it's 3D. It pops up and everything. And then, you know, for some of you who are like, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yes, that is true, everybody. So they have the nativity pop-up card. Look at baby Jesus back there just sleeping. I mean, it's a little inaccurate because the wise men are already there, but we're not going to judge Hallmark. It's okay. But it's pretty amazing. And I was looking at these cards, and I had to get some because I needed to bless you with them. I was thinking about these cards and how amazing they were, and then I remember I went over to get the envelope, which sometimes they don't have the right size, which is really frustrating. You have to steal another envelope from another card, and then you try to do it kind of on the down low so people don't judge you. But anyways, so I was looking at the envelope, and I thought to myself, man, you wouldn't know that based on this envelope, what kind of good tidings of great joy lie within with these amazing cards. And the more I was thinking about how amazing 
what is within the card is and how plain the envelope is, it led me to begin to think about Mary and this Christmas season because to think about Mary and to look at Mary, she was nothing extraordinary. She was by all standards, a plain envelope. But the gift in which God was giving her and the invitation in which he was inviting her into was far great. Paul David Tripp, I love what he says about this invitation and this glory that came through Mary, that came to this earth. He says this, God's response to sin, even better than the word grace, is not a theological word, it's a name. The name is Jesus God's response wasn't a thing. It wasn't the establishment of an institution. It wasn't a process of intervention. It wasn't some new divine program. In his infinite wisdom, God knew that the only thing that could rescue us from ourselves and repair the horrendous damage that sin had done in the world was not a thing at all. It was a person, his son, the Lord Jesus. God's response to our rebellion was to give us himself. He is the great redeeming, transforming gift. He is the rescue. He is the forgiveness. He is the restoration. He is the life, hope, peace, and security. So yes, Mary may have been a plain envelope, and we may be plain envelopes ourselves, but the king of glory is not. But yet he chose one of the most unlikeliest of people to bestow glory and for her to withhold this glory and display it to the world. He chose Mary. And here's why it really didn't make sense. Think about first century Mary. There is already this thought, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was already looked down upon just because there seemed to be nothing special and nothing redeeming about Nazareth. She also is a teenager, y'all. Some of y'all have teenagers, and you're like, God, what are you doing? But yet God, out of all the people he could have chosen, because think about this, God got to handpick his mama, which is crazy. He picked this 15-year-old girl. And also, she is a woman. In Hebrew culture, women weren't given much power and weren't looked that highly upon. But God in his redemptive power said, you know what? I'm going to use the least likely to reveal my glory and to do something that only I can do. And also think about this. She was in a royal line, but she was not royalty, everybody. Yes, she was in the line of royalty, but she was not royalty herself. In spite of all she lacked, Mary was invited to carry the Son of God. This girl who no one would have picked, who was first choice on no one's list, was chosen to carry the Son of God. Why? Because God is really good at making the ordinary extraordinary. Can I say that again? God is really, really good at making the ordinary extraordinary based on what he puts within it because it changes everything. And I think as we read about Mary and what God chose to do, we're going to learn some things about ourselves. And maybe, just maybe, for some of you, you might say yes to this gift of Jesus for the first time in this place today. Maybe for some of you, you will be reminded that because who is within you, he is doing a good work and he has made you new. 
And so I pray that our hearts will be open, that our walls will be down, so that we can hear a word from the Lord. Not a word from Nick, but a word from the Lord. And I invite you right where you are to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you do. Lord, my prayer in this place, maybe for some watching online or in Buchanan, is that you will move and you will remind us of what is true. And maybe, just maybe today, new life will begin in somebody. So, Father, my prayer is that we not put up any walls to not receive what you have for us. But, Father, may we see you, may we receive you, and may you do a work that only you can do. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And, Lord, we pray all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. We are in a season that you are being invited to more stuff than you want to go to. Can I get an amen? People who you don't even like are inviting you to Christmas parties, inviting you to be a part of Secret Santa, and you're like, I don't even like you. Why would you send me an invitation? We are just in a season of invitations, and we see this through Luke chapter 1, where we're going to be beginning in verse 26. We are going to see the God of heaven, the God of the universe, is about to invite this 15-year-old girl to be a part of a better narrative and a story that will change the world. And what we're going to see through Mary is some ideas and some steps that we can take to respond to an invitation that we have been given. So I hope that we don't miss the invitation, that we'll put our yes on the table and that we will step full into a better narrative and a better story. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Gabriel is busy, y'all. He's like the first Amazon Prime driver. He is going everywhere. He is showing up. He is doing what God has called him to do. Verse 27. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Mary was about to receive an inconvenient invitation. And you might go, Nick, where did you get that from? Well, for one, she was betrothed to Joseph. She had a boo. She had her line lined up out in front of her. She knew what was going to happen. Her life was oriented. But now here comes Gabriel to give her this news, and it's about to change everything. Because she's about to have to reorient her life, not around what she wants, but what the Lord has invited her to do. And so it was an inconvenient invitation. Verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Can we pause right here for a second? Daniel, our worship leader, was telling us a story about how he was scared yesterday, okay? Like, hear hear me. Don't sneak up on me either because I'll punch you in the throat, okay? Let's just be real. So here's Mary. I don't know what she was doing. I don't know if she was singing. I don't know if she's like, I don't know what she was doing. But all of a sudden, someone who wasn't there a minute ago is now there. And this is how he says hello. Greetings. You better get out of my face, Gabriel. (laughs) Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. See, we look at this and go, man, Mary must have been like walking in obedience. She must have been like amazing. And that may or may not be true. We see some obedience in her life, yes. But I want you to understand that this favor that 
she is called was placed on her and not just because of her. May I say that again? It was placed on her. It wasn't just because of her. I was looking on Instagram yesterday. Sometimes I do that from time to time. And I was checking out my buddy. My buddy works here, and he's also an artist, an amazing artist. And he just casually posted, I just did a little drawing. And you ever get mad at people sometimes where you're like, that's a little drawing? My drawings are stick people and cotton balls, right? And so I was looking at it, and he, he said, just did a little drawing of Mary and baby Jesus. And I was like, wow. a little drawing of Mary and baby Jesus. And it makes you like not want to draw ever again, you know what I'm talking about? But I was thinking about this simple drawing, and I thought about, you know, it, he just used paper and he used charcoal. But yet this picture turned out amazing. And the reason it turned out amazing is because the simple things in the hands of an artist makes a masterpiece. And that's exactly what happened when God chose Mary to bestow her this gift and to give her this invitation. It's the artist going, hey, the world does not yet see a masterpiece, but in the great artist's hands, we're about to reveal one. And let me just give you kind of, I'm going to jump forward just a little bit. The same can be said of you as well. And sometimes we don't believe that, and sometimes we want to give all the reasons why that is not true. But I'm just telling you, in the hands of the artist, no matter what he has to work with, he is able to make a masterpiece. Verse number 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Why was Mary surprised? Well, for one, an angel just appeared up in her house uninvited. For two, in this time, typically Hebrew men weren't talking to Hebrew women out in public. They just didn't do that. The other thing is typically angels didn't come and give a woman a message. And so she is really, really troubled at this. Another reason she's troubled at this, because it says, I don't know what kind of greeting this is going to be. Because angels typically carry two kind of messages. One was, hey, God wants to use you to do a great work. The other message was, it's time for you to go. So you could see while Mary was troubled. Let's keep reading, verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. This is the number one thing you should not say when somebody is scared, right? Hey, I know you're scared, but don't be scared. Get out my face, all right? You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. I want you to think about this for a moment. Because I think we think it's really cool that this virgin was given this child who was born of the Most High. I think we think it's cool. But I want you just to go back in this time and think about the news she just got. She's a 15-year-old, right? And this angel says to her, hey, you're about to have a baby. So in essence, he's saying this, hey, your body's about to change for nine months. I know you're a teenage girl. You're probably in your prime. But you're about to change. You're about to get a baby. You're about to carry a nine-pound bowling ball right in your belly. Your, your moods are about to change. You're going to be happy one moment, and the next moment you're going to want to punch Joseph dead in his throat. I was married to a pregnant woman three times, right? 
I got to walk through all three, and sometimes she didn't like a brother. Your, your, your temperature gauge is going to be all jacked up. You might be cold, you might be hot, and sometimes you might not know what you are. And also, as you walk around the streets of your town, people may throw some side eyes towards you, Mary. Oh, here comes Mary. Scandalous. She ain't got no husband. They say it's God's baby. God don't do that. You think about it. How inconvenient was this? Think about this. She also didn't know how Joseph was going to respond, right? Y'all, I love me some Jesus. I do. But while me and Laura were dating, the Lord came to me and said, hey, Nick, I got something to tell you. The Lord has shined his favor upon me. I'm pregnant. Excuse me? The Lord did it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you go be blessed, girl. <laughs> I mean, think about it. And this was financial security for her, so it was threatened by this good news. And yet, we're going to see later her response to all of this, but I want us to have a realistic view of what was going on. And yes, we know this is great news of great joy, but Mary didn't know the outcome of all of this. She was just met in the moment with an invitation, and she had a choice to make. Either I'm going to go with God or I'm going to keep orienting my life the way I want to orient my life, and let's just see what happens. Verse number 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So now looking back, you can see why maybe she was in on this invitation. Because what? Because of the outcome. Like the invitation may not always be convenient, but it is always worth it. See, sometimes we like, I mean, let, let me not put it on you. Sometimes I think that God invited me into something and God's hand being on me and God bestowing favor upon me means that the path is going to be easy. I cannot find that scripture in the Bible. That it says everything will always be wonderful, everyone will always like you, you will always have enough money in the bank. I can't find that scripture and you find it, send it to me. But what I do see is the presence of God walking with you in the midst of the valley, walking with you in the midst of the storm, and telling you, as long as you fix your eyes on me, we are going to make it through, and when we get to the other side, we are going to be better off. See, the invitation is inconvenient, but it is always, always worth it. God being present is not synonymous with it being easy, everybody. And that's just true. You're like, Nick, I mean, are you sure, Nick? Yeah, okay, we talked about Jeremiah a few weeks ago, right? The brother was chest deep in mud in a pit. And he's going, hey, God, I know I've been obedient, but okay. I didn't know this mud pit was a part of the journey. But eventually what happened, God raised him out of that pit. David was fleeing for his life. Remember, David was anointed of God to be the king. David didn't ask to be king. God said, hey, David, I want you to be a part of my story. And he anointed David king. And then he had Saul trying to throw spears at him and pin him against the wall and chasing him down to kill him. God wasn't less present with David. 
God wasn't moving less in the life of David, but hear me. Even though sometimes the invitation is inconvenient, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Verse 34. This is a great question. This is one of the greatest questions in Scripture, I feel like. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? That's a great question, right? Now listen, Gabriel. A couple years ago, I was in the Hebrew girls class, and they talked about how my body is going to change and how babies happen. I wanted to be sick on that day, but my mom told me I had to go. And based on what they told me, this ain't possible. Because it shouldn't be possible. This doesn't make any sense. Like, how can this be? And you might hear this and go, wait, 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 is Mary doubting like Zechariah doubted? No, this is different. And Tim Keller explains it really, really well in this quote. He says this, there is a kind of doubt that really is seeking more information, that wants to believe if it's possible. There's also a kind of doubt that really is looking for a way out, that doesn't want to believe or submit, that's looking for a way to keep control of one's life. See, Mary's doubt was the previous. Like, okay, I don't know how this is going to be. I don't know how this is going to work because this has never happened in the history of the world, but I am going to keep walking because I believe you. See, she doubts differently than Zechariah doubted. She has a doubt that is still moving forward. And I don't know about you, but if I'm Mary, I probably would have been deaf and mute like Zechariah. But we do not see her respond in this way. Ben Curtis, our Buchanan campus pastor, said this in a meeting we were in this week. He says, sometimes the greatest acts of service happen during the greatest times of uncertainty. I was like, man, that's wise. That has to be from the Holy Spirit. Verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. There Elizabeth is again, talking about her age. But do you notice what Gabriel does right there? He goes, listen, I'm going to give you evidence about the faithfulness of God right here and right now. I'm going to tell you something that you can be reminded and encouraged by Elizabeth, whom everyone said she could not conceive, is pregnant with a child. And not only is she pregnant with a child, but she's in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I love how ESV says it. For nothing will be impossible with God. Do you find yourself in a place that you have a hard time believing that to be true? Because we all have things that happen in our life where you go, God, are you really still the God of the impossible? And let me encourage you to do this. In those moments where you're going, are you still the God of the impossible? Always fix your eyes on the empty tomb. Always go back to the evidence that is true and that is bedrock. As long as the tomb is still 
empty, God is still the God of the impossible. Fix your eyes again and again and again. Verse 38, one of the most amazing verses in all the scripture, one of the best responses in all the scripture, and one of the verses in scripture that just annoys me so much. Verse number 38 says this. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary accepted the invitation. Ugh. And maybe you're more spiritual than I am. I just get frustrated by that. I'm like, you're telling me about all this inconvenience, all the way your life is going to have to be reoriented, even though the fact that you were looked down upon because people view you as a lesser envelope. Mary, you said, you know what, God? Allow your glory to do what your glory will do, and I will be the envelope. I will receive the invitation, and I will behold your glory and be carriers of your glory. Mary was invited, and she accepted the invitation. She said, yes, Lord, I will withhold you. I will bear forth what you have called me to bear forth. So not only has Mary been invited, her being a plain envelope, but you know who else has been invited as well? Me and you. And you might be thinking, Nick, are you saying that I'm equal to Mary? No, I'm saying you're different than Mary, but the invitation is offered to you. We have been invited as well. See, Mary was invited to carry the Son of God, but we have been invited to carry the Spirit of God, everybody. You are not who you used to be if you have said yes to the right relationship through Jesus' paid price on a cross. You are not who you used to be. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. You hold glory within you. You hold the spirit of the king of kings within you. God is able to do a good work in you and through you if you are willing. And yes, we have been given an inconvenient invitation too. Why? Here's why. Because we all like to be in control of ourselves. Am I right? We all like to decide where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And we think that we are better at leading our lives. But everyone, t let me just tell you something. You are not as great as you think at leading yourself. And you might be going, Nick, you don't know me. I don't have to know you. I know me. I know that my biggest enemy is not somebody else and not what someone else has done to me. It is myself. Because every time I have gone down a path that I should not have been down, you know who was there? I was. Every single time. And so, yes, it's inconvenient. Why? Because I have to reorient my life around the king and what the king has invited me to do instead of what Nick sometimes wants to do. But can I just tell you, it's a better invitation. Because by saying yes to his invitation, I will end up in a better place and a better end result. It may not be convenient, but it is still worth it. Let me, let me just say that to you. Yes, it's inconvenient, but it very much is worth it.
Paul writes a letter to the church in Corinth. It's his second letter found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I love what he says because it speaks to this invitation and it speaks to what we have been invited to hold. It says this in verse number 5 of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. What treasure? This hope of Jesus and this person of the Holy Spirit. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Verse number eight, the inconvenience. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Are you willing to RSVP to the invitation? You know something I know about us as humans? We are not good at RSVP. Like, think about it. Think about the last thing you had where you said RSVP. How many people RSVP'd and how many people showed up at your house with some chicken wings? And they come in like, oh, I didn't RSVP, but I want some chicken. And you're like you get on from here. I gave you four weeks to tell me you're coming and you're just going to show up with your cousin, your mama, your brother, and your kids for some chicken wings. We're going to run out of wings. Oh, sorry, sorry. Got personal. <laughs> but we're not good at RSVPing. We know the invitation is out there, but a lot of us, the reason we don't RSVP is because we're probably waiting for something better to come along. Can I just tell you there's no better invitation than the one from a king to be a part of his family and to dine at his table and to eat until you are full and for him to make you new and for you to step from death to life. Not a better one in the world. So if that is true, why not RSVP? And we see this in the story of Mary. Mary got more than she anticipated And so do we. Mary got to play a part in the greatest story ever told. And so do you and I. I want you to think about something for a second with me. Mary, as a young Hebrew girl, would go to the temple and the men and the women were separated. But you know that she heard the words of Isaiah 7, 4. And the priest probably got up and he probably read this in their company and he said, there will be the savior of the world and he will be born to a virgin. And you have to think that Mary probably wondered, is that going to be in my lifetime? It's been quiet and silent for so long. Is that really going to happen? And she is listening to this scripture. She is listening to this prophecy and she would have never imagined that it was talking about She made the pages of scripture before she was even aware. And we look at that and go, man, that's pretty amazing. But let me go ahead and tell you something. You made the pages of scripture too. 
Because Jesus in the garden was praying for those to come and who would carry this hope and this glory. And newsflash, that is you and me. We get to be carriers of this hope. We get to have the indwelling of the person of the Holy Spirit within us if we are willing to say yes. Maybe you've already said yes, but you needed to be reminded about, about what is within you. That this hope of glory is within you. What I love is that we sing that song, Here Comes Heaven. And we think about Mary and we think about her story and we think about heaven intersecting earth and we go, man, that is so stinking amazing that heaven would intersect earth. But can I just tell you something? If you have the person of the Holy Spirit within you, everywhere you go and whatever you do is heaven intersecting earth. Not because of you, but because of what is within you. But so often... We are so good at believing the negative. We are so good at aligning ourselves about how we used to be. Can I just tell you that this hope and this glory was placed on you? You just have to receive it. And everywhere you go, as a holder, as this clay vessel that withholds the Holy Spirit, is a vessel that is carrying the very essence of God wherever you go. So everywhere you go, people, heaven is intersecting earth. May that be true of you in the way that you live. I invite you to bow your heads. Maybe you're in this place today and you have not said yes to Jesus. Right here and right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so. Right where you're seated, if you could pray something like this to God. This is just between you and God. If you could say something like this to God. God, I do not understand it all. Nobody does. But in the best way I know how, I say yes to your invitation to dine at your table. I say yes to your completed work on a cross that paid for everything I have ever done wrong or will do wrong. I say yes to the fact that you overcame the grave, showing me that with you, I have been invited to overcome death as well. I say yes, Jesus. If you pray something like that right here and right now, the authority of God's word, not Nick's word, it says that you will be saved. What does that mean? That means that you get to spend eternity with a ragamuffin group of people who get to worship a king. So, Father, for those of us in here that have said yes to you for the first time, will you continue to remind us of what is true for those of us in here that have forgotten that we are holders of the hope of glory. May we walk in that posture. May we know that everywhere we go is heaven intersecting earth. Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you that you are really, really good at making the ordinary extraordinary. Thank you that you don't consider the envelope, but you consider what is going to go within the envelope. And Father, thank you that in your hands, You are able to make a masterpiece out of a mess. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. 
If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlive.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.